I get to share with you what the Lord has been doing kind of just in my life. And, and just know this, guys. I'm not regurgitating any messages or any talks that I've done in the past, any sermons. No, I really try to be sensitive and listen to what God's doing here and now. And that's sometimes good. That's sometimes bad and sometimes ugly. Like, but I, as your pastor, want to be raw and real with you um, because I don't ever want to be this guy where you guys feel like, oh, he's just this holy man. I can't talk to him. I can't even approach him. No, like I'm a normal guy with the Holy Spirit trying to live this Christian life, trying to love Jesus and give it all to him, hopefully just like you. And so uh, I want to give you a peek into uh, where I'm at as your pastor um, and to be a, a good shepherd. So let me say a quick prayer and uh, we'll, we'll get started. Father God, thank you for just this opportunity, Lord. Thanks for this, this church this church over three campuses, uh, the Independence Campus, in which you have just sustained and provided for us. Uh, you are helping us persevere through these hard times, Lord. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. I pray specifically, Lord, that here today that you would speak to the individual heart, that each and every person, that you would break um, the hardened ground, and that you would give them ears to hear. And I pray that they can hear your words, your words of freedom, your words of deliverance, your words of mercy. And I pray that there would be nothing of me that they remember, but all of you. So Jesus, we just pray that you would become greater, we would become less, and that you move in powerful ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So to start, some of you know, most of you don't, but two weeks ago, I went on an expedition. You're like, another expedition? Yes, another expedition that we've been planning for a year uh, with some men. Um, three years ago, uh, we've been taking trips to the Boundary Waters uh, with some guys, and it's been an unbelievable experience. And so we were planning uh, this for a while. And two weeks before we were des- you know, going to leave, the Boundary Waters, which is Minnesota, Canada, a million acres, the Boundary Waters gets canceled. It gets shut down. Does anybody know why the Boundary Waters got shut down? What? Fires. Yes, there are a lot of fires going on in the Boundary Waters, and they're, uncontrol- or they're uncontained. And so they literally shut down the, fire, uh, the Boundary Waters. And where we were going, we were like right in the middle of it. So uh, I was a little nervous heading up there with the potential that these fires spread quickly, especially if there's a hard wind. So they canceled the Boundary Waters. And the problem is, it's like we don't have a plan B. So we needed to do like an emergency meeting, get the guys together and say, hey, what do we do? Do we cancel the trip or do we still go? And we decided to, you know what, let's still go. We'll actually camp in the Superior National Forest, which is still in Minnesota, but it's outside the Boundary Waters. Uh, And it'll be similar climate, similar environment. And so that's our plan. We got all our stuff. We've been, you know, working towards this trip. And so we're, that's our plan B. Two days before we're about to leave, well, I'm literally uh, thick in the weeds uh, here trying to prepare, you know, my departure. Uh, we get told that Superior National Forest is shut down now. And that's because of the air pollution of the fires. I mean, big, big fires. Problem is, is we don't have a plan C. So it's like, what are we going to do? And, and I don't have any time or any effort uh, to put, put into this. So some of my friends made an executive decision and said, you know what, we're going to go to upstate New York. I've never been to upstate New York, but there's this mountain range called the Adirondacks. 
Uh, I've practiced saying that word a lot. That's a hard word to say. The Adirondacks. And we're going to go up there and it will be a similar climate, similar uh, environment. So we leave Friday night. We don't, uh, we don't know what to expect. And I just want to say that. Isn't that some of like, uh, the best adventures, like the best vacations to remember is when things get kind of changed and you're like, all right, I'm just going to go with the flow. Some of you guys are like, no, that's the worst. Like, I want the details. I want control. I want every minute. I'm pretty laid back and I'm like, hey, we're going. Our wife says graciously, watch the kids. I know that I'm going to have to give them a girl's trip. I will, I will do it. I promise. But it's like, we're going to go on this. So we, uh, Friday night, we drive through the night. It's 10, 11 hours away. We get to our outfitters in the morning. We check in um, and then we pick our route of where we're going to go. And then we get to our spot. And one of the best decisions I made was right when we're unloading the canoe and all our packs, uh, I decide to leave this little thing in the truck. Uh, There's a couple of reasons uh, why. Uh, The first thing is in the past trips, I've broken this phone and these phones are expensive now. And so it's like, I've broken phones. I don't want to have that cost again. But the second reason is this, is because I knew that there was kind of spotty service here uh, and there in upstate New York. And I didn't want there to be any chance that I would get service and then my, my phone would just download all the emails all the messages, because I know my personality, I'm going to check those. (laughs) And then I'm going to find myself in my tent being worried about the things back home. And so it's like, you know what? I'm just going to turn it off and keep it in. And the third thing, and this is probably the most important, was I read this book earlier this um, earlier this year, and I highly recommend it. It's called The Ruthless Illumination of Hurry. It's by John Mark Comer. Another pastor friend recommended it to me. And this book is pretty much like a modern version of Celebration of Discipline. Some of you guys have read that. It's a phenomenal book, but it's just a modern version. It talks about Sabbath, talks about so- uh, solitude, silence. Um, and I read these kind of quotes, so I'm just going to share a few little excerpts from it. Um, oh no, I lost the part. All right, I'll read this. In 2000, before the digital revolution, the average attention span of a human was 12 seconds. All right, so this is the the technology revolution that with our phones and a small computer in our pockets, this was before all that, before it became popular. The average attention span was 12 seconds. But since then, it's dropped to eight seconds. To put things in perspective, a goldfish, yes, a goldfish that you can get at pet supplies, their attention span is nine seconds. <laughs> yes, that's right. We're losing to goldfish. That's our culture. That's the busyness. The quote that I was going to read is the average person looks at their phone, touches their phone 2,617 times a day. And you're like, that's not me. It's probably you. <laughs> you just don't count. 2,617 times a day. They have 76 sessions on it. And millennials, if you're a millennial, it's estimated that you are double that number. Isn't that crazy? And then the last thing uh, I'll share with you, and this was just kind of convicting, and this is all throughout this book. I highly recommend you get it um, on Amazon. So it says this, as easy as it is to blame the devil... Could it be that we're using external noise to drown out the internal noise within our souls? That hits, guys. I want to read that one more time. 
As easy as it is to blame the devil, could it be that we're using external noise to drown out the internal noise within our own souls? And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to leave this in the truck. I'm not going to bring it. I want to disconnect. Um, I want to recalibrate my heart. I want to be with my maker. And guys, here's some few pictures with the trip. All right, that's me in a canoe. Uh, I don't know why that is the first picture. I just want to give you like the experience of what we're doing. Uh, that's me. Oh, all right, next picture. That's the Adirondack Mountains. Guys, man, it was so awesome to discover those. Uh, we didn't fully know what to expect. And we were at this one lake and we decided to make this portage that was a mile long. And we're carrying these canoes on our back. My friend's carrying the canoe because I got a bum knee, but I'm encouraging him and helping and talking him up. But we get and we explore the middle Saranac and then you just come across this. And man, it just takes your breath away. Uh, we don't have that in the boundary water. So that was kind of special. Next fish, or next is a fish. Uh, we, so this is an adventure trip, but we had a great time fishing. We found this lake that no one could get to and the water was so high. So we explored and, and got into this lake and it was like largemouth bass heaven. Uh, we were using poppers. We caught 30 fish that day, left and right. We literally filleted the fish uh, and we had so much fish. So I'm literally telling the guys, guys, like this is gluttony. Like we cannot eat that much fish. We're going to be sick and it's going to ruin our trip. And they're like, oh no, we, we can eat it. I mean, two huge trays full of fish. And so we try to eat it. About three fourths, we're like, nope, we're not going to make it. <laughs> we are tired of fish. Uh, Another picture, that's my friend. That's the biggest fish that uh, we caught of the trip. It's a 4.2 pound bass on a topwater. I get a little passionate about it. Uh, the next thing, next slide is, is that's us. So we have this unbelievable, thanks Caleb. We had this unbelievable trip and it was awesome. It was good to disconnect. But around like uh, day six, we're like, we're ready to get home. Uh, we're, we're glad for the trip, but we're ready to see our wife, our kids. Um, and we start making our way home. In my mind and how I work, I'm kind of like out of sight, out of mind. So I know when I get in the car, I'm going to get service. And then I'm going to try to get a head start uh, to catch up with all the things that I miss. So um, I do that. And then I want to have like prep myself for the next week to, you know, be productive and be efficient. And guys, that's when I just experience just the weight of the world just all come through this little device. I had over 300 uh, mails, or 350 uh, mail messages that I had to respond to. I had numerous texts, numerous calls, uh, many voicemails. Um, I learned quickly that five people from our campus uh, was rushed to the ER. It was just hard. And I couldn't do anything about it. I can't go see them, right? Not even allowed. And it was heavy. And one of them, even as I was writing this sermon, one of them is going to pass any day now. That person passed last night. And I was with the son, praying with him. Praying for his mom. And we're talking about when death hits you, of what it just does. I remember seeing this person four weeks ago, and it was like, there's a pep in your step. Like, it is great. And then all of a sudden, what just happened? What happened? And to hear the son talk about seeing the countenance, the face, just kind of, you know, go in, the teeth change. 
just broke my heart. How do I care for this? And as a young guy, guys, who hasn't been around death a lot, it's heavy. It's hard. Literally, as we were praying, it was beautiful, but she passed while we were praying. We, we ended up finding it was the exact time. And it was just so sad. And there's many others. I learned um, my friend's dad, who was my old committee chair uh, for Capernaum, he has been battling leukemia. And now they thought leukemia was gone and he was cancer-free. And now the leukemia is in his brain. And they're just like, it's grave. My heart goes out to his boys. I learned of the vaccine mandate and all the people, us, right? Of learning how to wrestle with it, regardless of where you're at, what your beliefs are. Uh, This isn't a political sermon, but it still affects us. There's decisions being made that affects all of us in some way or another. And we all handle it differently. And as your pastor, I want to walk alongside of you helping you to go to the word and and doing your best to obey God's word as you seek him. I learned of Afghanistan and the 13 soldiers that died. And what what happened? What's going on? I thought it was done. I learned that Grace Kids, right, when I was gone, you know, we we shut down a, a service. I think it was this service. All right, I trust leadership in that. They made the decisions to the best of their ability. But I'm like, no, I don't want to shut it down. But that was what happened. And I'm not mad about that at all. But all these things just became super heavy and it hit all at once within the span of an hour. And then I'm just left on this car ride, just sitting there. And as I survey the room, guys, and as I think about you all, Some of you I know really well. Some of you I know the things that are going on in your life, the things that you're carrying. Some I don't know. But I do know this. Our church, our campus, the church, we're hurting. There's things that we're carrying that are heavy. It's hard. These burdens that are in our lives, whether it's external circumstances and not your fault, maybe it's, uh, you know, sin of others, or it's internal, self-induced burdens. There's things that we're carrying, and I see, and I feel it myself, that is weighing us down. It's crushing us, and it breaks my heart. And one of the things is when I feel this heaviness, I have to go to the word of God. I hope that is your default. I have to put things in perspective because I'm finite, I'm limited, but I need to know who's in control. And guys, the word, as I thought about, just to clarify, was this word struggle. I feel like we're just in this struggle. And guys, that's not foreign to God's people. Struggle is actually very normal. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, God's people are characterized by struggle because we live in a sin-broken, fallen world. This is not our home. Our home is in heaven where God's going to eradicate sin. He's going to make all things new, but we're not there yet. So if you're in that place of struggling, I would say you're normal. 
But when you're squeezed like this, when I'm squeezed like this, sometimes I don't like what comes out. Sometimes I find myself to go into old ways, and I know that you guys doing this yourself. None of us, none of us have it all together. And it's been hard. It's been heavy. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans 8. Does anybody... I shouldn't ask this because I... John 16, 33. This is Jesus' words. In this world, you will have trouble, tribulation, trials. You will. It's coming. But take heart. I have overcome this world. Here's Apostle Paul. He says this, Romans 8. Starting in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the future glory that will be revealed in the children of God. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. Check this out. In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom and the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation, the whole creation, guys, not just you, but the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth until now. And not only this cre- the creation, but we ourselves, the children of God, who have the First fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we eagerly await the adoption of sons, the redemptions of our body. You don't have to turn there, but 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 11. I still remember when I got up on stage when COVID first hit, and I gave this, brought this to your guys' attention. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 11. But we had this treasure... Right? The hope of Jesus inside of us. This treasure and jars of clay. That's our bodies. To show that their surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are um, perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Second Timothy 3, I'm not going to read it. You can, you can read it yourself. It talks about the end days. But also it talks about if you're a believer, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be persecuted. What breaks my heart as a pastor and as I kind of see, hopefully try to see the big picture, is I think we've forgotten who our enemy is. And that's what breaks my heart. We're attacking each other. And then I'm just like, Ephesians 6, 12. It's very clear. You can turn there if you want. Ephesians 6, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, 
against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Sometimes I forget that. And I need to be reminded of of God's truth, of what we're really fighting, who the enemy is, and, and put things in the perspective of his word. So let me ask you a question here today. Are you tired? Are you wore out? Are there things in your life that you are carrying that's just weighing you down, that's crushing you? Have you surrendered at all to Jesus? Are you trying to hold it yourself? And for the rest of this message, I'm going to use a camping illustration to try to communicate this point, okay? So that's where I wore my Patagonia. I would highly recommend don't wear a long sleeves and a hoodie uh, when giving a sermon. But I wanted to use a camping illustration and, and go in the mood of it. Uh, so we're going to do that. So I would like to invite my good friend Zach Gamble up to say, hey, let's give it up for Zach. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Zach, I think, should be a comedian. <laughs> All right. So we're going to set, set up the stage, pun intended. <laughs> dad joke, dad joke. Oh, I'm, I'm not funny at all. Hey, we're going to give this camping illustration. There's something, I'm glad Stephen thought it was funny. There's something you need to know uh, to set this up, all right? This message is for you. It's not for the unbeliever, although you can get a lot from it. It's for the body of Christ. It's for the sheep. It's something the Lord put on my heart as your pastor to speak to your heart. Okay? So Zach is going to represent all of us, right? Someone who came to know the Lord, loves the Lord, wants to follow the Lord, but is struggling of what it looks like. He's going his own way. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that more. But he represents us. And then I'm at times going to represent God or Jesus Okay, this pack represents your heart, represents your life. Okay, so Zach, we're going to go on this journey, right? This expedition. Um, so any place in the world, where, where do you want to go? Let's just pick a destination. Um, the creek. The creek. Okay, you can pick anywhere you want to go, and you're picking the creek. Uh, we're going to pretend like it's a creek in Alaska where there's grizzly bears and we're salmon fishing. Like, all right, <laughs> not a creek in Kentucky. Hey, and I just want to say this real quick. I know this is second service. I didn't say it was first service. I might get a little flack for this, but for me, I'm just going to be really honest with you. Camping is where you're in the woods. Where you're in wilderness, all right? I know we're from Kentucky, but there's some people here that believe camping is with the RV. And that's where I just draw the line, all right? If, if there's more RVs than trees, that's not camping, all right? So that's just where I'm at. We're going to go in the wilderness by a creek in Alaska. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just had to say that, okay? 
So with that being said, uh, we're going to plan for our trip. And one of the things with uh, our packs and what goes in our packs is we want the essentials. We want the things uh, that are going to save us you know, from life and death situations. So uh, food, shelter, water, the necessities. And the goal, especially if you're going camping, the way I want to go camping, is you don't want to have an overloaded pack, right? It would be foolish to bring a TV because... We're in the woods. You got God's creation. Like, welcome. All right. So we want the essentials because if you have extra stuff and you're going on this journey, it's going to add up. It's going to add up. So, Zach, what do you think the essentials are things that we need? What do we want to put in? First things first. All right. Food. Food. Yes. Yeah. Let me get some food out. So I got some beef stroganoff and uh, some biscuits and gravy here. They're awesome. Mountain House. They're a little expensive, but I recommend it. All right, here's some food. I Real quick, I have a jet boiler. You've got to heat okay. the water oh, yeah, and all this enough. stuff. highly recommend one of these. I'll put, put that down. All there. right, what else do you need? A uh, place to sleep. So let's start with a tent. A tent. All right, this is a big tent. You probably don't want to carry this if you're just journeying alone. But uh, there's, this is a three to four person tent. So here you go. Thank it's going to keep you dry. What else do you think we need? Well, in the tent, I need a place to sleep in the tent. So. Yes. Sleeping so bag. a sleeping bag, right? Yes. Sleeping bag. Uh, don't, don't know if you know this. I learned this uh, just the other year, uh, year ago, uh, that each sleeping bag is rated for the degrees, the temperature outside. Did not know that. I thought, oh, I got a sleeping bag. But if you don't have the right degree sleeping bag, you're going to freeze. So this is a 30-degree sleeping bag. Uh, Alaska, we might need something zero, but... This will work. It's all right. I'm God. I'm saying it's okay. <laughs> I know the weather. Just kidding. Just kidding. Dad joke. All right. What, anything else you need? Um, if I'm hiking in vans, first aid kit. First aid kit. All right. So here's, a, here's just a day pack. This has your first aid kit. This has some fire starters, some ways to filter the water to make it clean. Uh, different versions. This is everything you need. All your utensils, all that stuff. Thank you. Here you go. And I think that looks good. All right. So, Zach, go ahead and put on that pack. Can't He's going to add his clothes, I know, guys, uh, and, you know, have some good hiking shoes. But put on the pack. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So how, how much do you think that weighs? Probably about 30 pounds. 30 pounds. Okay. Do you think you could go on a journey for a, a week in the woods or maybe two weeks? With, with this? That? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes. All right, guys, this represents, and I know you guys know this, this is a very simple illustration, but this represents what it's like for a relationship, a right relationship with God, right? That God gives you exactly what you need. Not necessarily all that you want, but exactly what you need. He knows what's best for you. And so he's the one that gives you the things, packs the things in your pack, so you can experience life with him. We were called to enjoy uh, this world. Not put our hope in it. Our hope is in Jesus, but to live life with him, to abide in Christ. There's a Jewish word called shalom, all right? Shalom means that um, there's this, this overwhelming peace. There's this harmonious relationship between man and God. And that's what Adam and Eve experienced before sin. But sin came in the world and ruined everything. And as believers, we should be looking forward to heaven where we experience shalom, where God makes all things new and he eradicates sin. Sin, as you know, is where we say, you know what, God? We know what's best. We're going to take matters into our own hands. So you can go ahead and take off the pack. We're going to take matters in our own hands. And we're going to actually, you know, substitute the things 
with the things that we want, right? And it's going to be burdens. And this is what weighs us down, all right? Let me give you just some scripture, okay? It's Galatians 5. It talks about the law of the Spirit and that the Spirit inside of you, that's God's, whole, you know, His presence in you, that as believers we come to know, we give our allegiance to. But then also in your heart, you have the law of the flesh, all right? Another passage is Romans 7. Read it. And they are contrary to each other. They hate each other. They go against each other. You guys, we all have free will. Each and every day, each and every action, each and every thought, we can decide, do I want to live for God and submit my rule, my my will to him? Or do I want to live for myself? As believers, right? We should be living towards this, right? The spirit. But we haven't been fully redeemed yet. And because of that, we still struggle with the flesh. We struggle with the sinful nature and that sanctification, saying no to the flesh and yes to God. If only life was that easy. I look around. I know you guys. None of you guys are perfect. That's our goal. But we fall. And sin is where we go to other things. So, so Zach, what would this look like? Well, if I am going to ruin this shalom that you set me up with, I need to get rid of a few of these things. I think I might be able to survive without the first aid kit and sleeping bag. Thank you, though. (laughs) And uh, make a little bit more room. This tent, there's plenty of trees in Alaska. I can sleep under one of those. (laughs) Thank you. And what I want to bring is one of my earthly desires is my desire to be successful in career finances. I'll, I'll bring that with me. So you're, you're leaving a tent and a sleeping bag, right? What I say you need, and you're putting all your eggs in that basket of success. Yes. To get comfort, mm-hmm. to do things the way you want. Because you think that's going to give you life, and that's what you need. Agreed. Apart from God. I think the other thing that we can struggle is fear, anxiety, Worry. I'm going to add a few. Anger. Bitterness. Bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. That weighs us down. Fear, the anxiety. If you're struggling with what's going on, yes, I'm not saying you can't struggle, but but take it to Jesus. But where we go wrong is where we just consume and we let it dominate dominate our thoughts, dominate our heart where we can't sleep at night. I've heard people, I've talked with you guys of having panic attacks. I didn't know where this panic attack came from. Then I realized I've been living a life of fear and worry for the last two years, and that weighs us down. Another thing that I would like to bring is lust. Our earthly desires, these could be represented by this rock, and every day you, you carry those with you anyway. So I've got to make room for it. Lust of the things that we watch, the things that we pursue, the, the secret person we want to become. If only we're like that, we look like that, then we'll be satisfied. Or if only I had this fantasy, then I'll be happy. And that's a lie of the devil. And when you start believing those lies, or you start acting on those lies, then comes shame. 
Shame is the devil's sharpest weapon. So you put shame on your life and literally imagine that rock, but imagine literally Satan having a stronghold in your life, doing jumping jacks, jumping up and down on your pack, weighing you down. And you hear his lies, you believe his lies, and you're like, I can't be set free. And so what you do is you go to other things to hide and to cover up the shame, the sin. That's what it looks like of being enslaved. What are some other things, Zach? Well, being enslaved by sin, you can not know how to handle stress. Maybe develop unhealthy eating habits or... Put on some extra weight because you're not sure how to deal with it. So with that, this is something I struggle with. I'm just going to be honest. When I'm emotionally just heavy, when I'm just struggling, like I, I can go to food easily. I, I really do like food. And I'm not saying food is bad in and of itself. No, it's good. It's meant to enjoy. But man, after a long day and I just want to crash or I just want to be numb, we can go to food. We can go to Netflix. We can go to social media. We can go to that phone and just try to zone out. Just try to be numb because we don't know how to deal with the stresses of life because we're doing it in our own power. That's sin. Maybe, I'm going to add this, maybe you're struggling with uh, a season of singleness of discontentment in your marriage or with your kids. Um, you're struggling with your job and just unsatisfaction of, in that. I'm not saying that's bad in and of itself. It's just kind of the lot where you're at. It's the season. And it's hard. And you start doubting God's goodness and his faithfulness. It's heavy. And people see you, but they really don't know what you're going through. But you are dominated, consumes your thoughts day in, day out. God, don't you see me? Don't you care for me? Do you love me? That weighs on you. I'm going to add one more, and this is going to be for all of us, is, I wish I had a bigger bigger rock, but this represents COVID, just the pandemic that we're in. This has affected everyone. Everyone has this in the bag. It's just where we're at, right? not saying it's anyone's fault. It's just the external circumstances of where we're at. And we feel it. We are affected. So Zach, here's your pack, man. You took out the things that I had for you. You, you place it with that and go ahead and put it on. Guys, it's important to note that who's this message for? It's for you guys. As a pastor, you all right? I'm good. <laughs> As a pastor... I've had many conversations. I see people, I'm not saying it's everyone, but I see people struggling. And there's a difference between a load and a burden. It talks about it in Galatians 6. Do you know that you're actually called to carry your own load? That there's things that God puts in your life that he wants you to carry. Remember that shalom? Like, yes, carry your own pack. I'm not going to just carry all the packs. No, you carry your pack because we're doing this a joint venture. We're doing this together. And each one of you should carry your load. There's a person here, and I'll try to be quick, that it's like they're just struggling to get out of bed, struggling to get off the couch. They need someone to literally help them up and take the next step. There's a horrible situation that happened that wasn't that person's fault, 
but now they're just depressed. And the church, and I love this, has come alongside this, side them, and we've helped them, but now they're just in pity. Loving thing that I can do, that I have, is I'm checking in on this person. I'm giving them, here's two things I want you to do for this week. Don't worry about anything else. Two things, I want you to commit to it. Promise me that you'll do this. I'm going to check in tomorrow. That's all I want. Because if I can get this person up and she can start taking steps in the right direction, then momentum creates. And then she's like, okay, I have a little more confidence. Guys, this person needs, excuse my language, a little kick in the butt and love and gentleness. But you got to carry your own load. We're not going to let you just have this victim mentality. God has so much more for you. But then there's also burdens. Galatians 6 talks about carry each other's burdens and you fulfill the law of Christ. There's other people that I know who's uh, three years ago, who uh, a family of six children, maybe seven, I have to think, it's a lot. He lost his wife. The wife's no more, the mom. And this family from our church is very dear, has come alongside and has carried the burdens for the last three years, has every week consistently, faithfully provided free childcare, has gone to their house, has helped clean, has helped wash the kids so that the man can just have a break and make sure that he's doing well his job so he doesn't lose the sole income. They go on vacations together. They carry each other's burdens. And guys, I just want to say this. I'm so proud of you. As things come up, I've called some of you guys. I said, I need help. I can't do this all. And you guys have responded so graciously. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know we are a church that we want to help people carry burdens. The sad thing is, is some of the burdens that people are carrying are self-induced. And they don't want help. They want to continue to go their own way, go to their folly, and hide. And it's crushing It's paralyzing. It's a load that they're not called to bear. Zach, how are you feeling right now? Not as good as before. (laughs) (laughs) So where is Jesus with all this, guys? I'm going to actually read his words. Again, I want you to hear from God, not from me. His words. It's Matthew 11, 28 through 30. This is Jesus. Come to me. We could just stop there. Come to me, all who labor, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, Zach. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Your yoke is is hard and your burdens are heavy. I'm the one that has rest. Revelations 3:20. Jesus says, "Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me." Do you see this invitation? Do you see this fellowship? Do you see this pursuit? He's jealous over us. He wants all of us. That's why he died on the cross. So that you would be his and that you would live rightly. So Zach, I love you. I care for you. Will you give me the things in your life that's not of me, that's weighing you down? 
God, everything you're saying, it sounds amazing, but I think I got it. I can do, I can do life by myself. Okay. And God does not for a sec. You can go have a seat. We're going to continue the sermon. Guys, listen. Listen. God does not force himself to give the things that we're holding. He loves us. He cares for us. I'm going to give you some scripture, okay? John 6. There was many people that followed Jesus. They turned away. They went their own way because what he taught was too hard. Nicodemus heard of Jesus and yet decided to go his own way. The rich young ruler who actually Jesus had compassion, who's the richest of this world, really captured his heart and he wasn't ready to let go of this. I can do all this stuff. I've been, I've been obedient all this. But this riches, I can't give it up. And some of you are like, well, is he a believer? I can't ever judge any of your guys' hearts. I don't know where you stand with God, but I can judge your actions. But as a pastor, as I talk to you guys, I know there's people being weighed down. And I want you to hear the invitation of Jesus. So we're going to continue the sermon. Actually, a a song is called Look Where I'm Standing Now. Some of the band's going to play it. And I want to introduce this to you, and, and hopefully we can worship together. So go ahead and stand as we play this song. You may be seated. Zach, come on back up, man. Isn't that a beautiful song? So, Zach, how was worship for you, man? I was slightly distracted by all the things. Why in the world would you be distracted? (laughs) All the burdens on my back. All the things that I carry with me every day. So, as we were singing that song of deliverance, of Jesus being the chain breaker, miracle worker, singing hallelujah, I'm free. Were you able to connect with God? Not at all. No. And the reality is, it's because you have a theology problem of who I am. You don't know me. You haven't tasted my goodness. You haven't experienced my mercy and forgiveness. Yes, maybe back in the day when you first gave your life, but your heart is stale and it's cold. You're going your own way. I've died for you so that you may be set free, for you were called to freedom, Zach. So, real quick, just to let you know, guys, this is just one hour that we're giving this message. People are going years of still going to church. And this is exact representation of what, what they're doing, what they're carrying. I don't care if you go one week. It's still burdensome. And I want you to know we've all been there. I've been there. There's times where there just seems like a, a wall with God of like, my heart is not right. He still loves you. And I'm going to read that same passage, just in a different version. And here's Jesus' response. Are you tired? Are you wore out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch, Zach, how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of my grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, 
and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. So Zach, I know things are getting heavy. Will you trust me? Will you give me the things in your life? You're right, I don't know you. I I do want to know you. Everything about you sounds wonderful, but I'm not ready to give up yet. I'm not ready to give up the weight. I still have control. All right, Zach, go and have a seat. Guys, we're just going to follow Zach for the rest of the day. (laughs) The sermon might go long. But what do you think? Put yourself in God's shoes. Someone who's living like this, which it's not abnormal. It's actually very common. I just see God as like, you're a fool, man. Say that in love. I have pity on you. Because I'm the springs, the living water, and you're going to this this stuff that's never going to give you life and only ruins. It causes you to go to destruction. And real quick, hey, Zach, this rock, it's the number one thing. It represents pride. So go ahead and put this in your pack as well. Sorry. Represents pride. Our heart gets hardened. And we can't, we just feel like, oh, I gotta, I gotta fix myself. I gotta do more to earn his approval. And so our pride keeps us from experiencing the freedom and the gift of the Lord. And God, guys, just so we're clear, yes, I'm speaking a lot of his love. He hates his sin. His anger and his wrath is upon it. Sometimes we forget that. He hates it. Because that's the only thing that can keep you from a relationship with him. From abiding in him. So yes, his anger's towards that sin. But he loves Zach. Zach, you know what? I'm sorry. Scripture says that there's no rest from the weary. Go ahead and stand up. You're just going to stand. We're going to follow you. (laughs) Zach, stand up. Doug, 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 sit back down, please. Sit back down. Pity is the man that falls and has no one to help him up. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And man, does he have his claws, his teeth sinked into uh, Zach. And I hate seeing this because he's bleeding out. And his thought is like, oh, I'll just fix myself. I'll just get better before I go back to you. And I'm like, stop. What are you doing? You need a savior. You need surgery, heart surgery. You can't stand up. In fact, in my goodness and in my mercy, I'm going to let you continue to go to your sin until you come to the end of yourself. Because it's at that point where God, he comes to us and he enters into our mess and he still pursues us. And he says, Zach, I know it's heavy. I know you can't do this life on your own. Will you trust me? Will you give me what you're carrying? 
I'm ready. <laughs> He's like, yes, get this thing off me. <laughs> so what God does, right, is he sent his son, Jesus, and Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. It's one of my favorite verses. And he became a sin sacrifice. And it's not just Zach's sins. It's the sins of the whole world. What he did 2,000 years ago, you have to understand this, was he died for you and for me. Every past, every present, every future sin that you commit, the sin that holds us back, he placed it on himself. Every impure thought, every false motive, he took it on himself. Your shame, your guilt, the consequences of your sin and his shoulders, church, can bear it. He can bear it. He experienced a horrific, a gruesome death. He was tortured. He was mocked. The God of the universe. All because he loves you. And he placed it on this rugged tree called the cross. Notice how Zach didn't do anything to earn my approval, my love, what I did for him. I went to him. I didn't wait till he cleaned himself up and fixed himself up. And if you believe you can earn God's approval or lose God's approval, you're believing a false religion. It's in our culture. It's in the American culture to strap on your boots and and just work hard and, and make it. But when it comes to God... There's this vast separation that you could have a million lifetimes and you'll never meet because that's what sin does. It separates us from a holy God. Jesus took on that sin. And you too, here today, can experience life and peace. You can experience the freedom of God, but you have to surrender. This idea of this lordship. I give you everything. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 32. Zach, how are you feeling? Better now. <laughs> Good. A little lighter. Good. Psalm 32. It says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. This is who? Who's talking here? David. Guy after God's own heart, right? Check out what he says. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of the summer. I, then I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, this is for us, that everyone who is godly, Offer a prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of 
deliverance. Blessed is the man whose sins are covered. Guys, sanctification, it should be everyone's goal. And that's a big word that means our hearts, our our desire is to be like Jesus. That's our calling here on this earth. But we're in this struggle. Sanctification is continuing every week, every day, whenever the Lord convicts you to get that pack, to put it down and ask the Lord, search me, O God. See if there's any offensive way and remove it from me. Cut it off. Prune. Because my heart is high want to be right with you. I want to abide in Christ. And so you ask the Lord to search and then you just remove, you throw it to the cross. You remember all that he's done for you. It's already been accomplished, but we continue to bleed the lies. So what about you? Are you tired? Are you wore out? Are you experiencing the deep rest found in Jesus? Please hear me out. If you're not, like if you're, if you're struggling with your relationship with God and you're carrying things that you were never meant, do whatever it takes to get away and to go be with your Savior. Fast. Pray. Read God's word. Sing songs that speak of this deliverance, of these truths, these gospel truths that save us. That is the reality if you claim to be in Christ. Our struggle is we forget. So put yourself in a situation to be remembered. That's why, again, we want you to join a community group because you're around other people that will help you not miss the grace and the love that's found in Jesus. And that we are looking towards The hope that we have as he's going to come back victorious. He's more than a conqueror and we are more than conquerors through him. If you need a personal day, just let me know. I'll write you a note. I don't know if that will work for your employer. But guys, in all seriousness, take me up on it. This is your soul. It's your soul. I think losing one day's pay is... It's going to be okay. Of course, you're going to get paid there. I'll write you a note. Talk to your spouse. Say, hey, I just need to get away. Get right with him. Ask someone to maybe search your heart. Give him a scalpel. Ask hard questions to you. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion. So guys, as we close, we're going to sing a song. And I just want to let you know that you are important, that God loves you, that he will not stop pursuing you because ultimately he wants all of your heart. So if you feel the crush, you feel that life is crushing you, I would encourage you, that's the Holy Spirit. Obey it. And you also will be free. All of us, we all need a savior. Every one of us. No one has it all together. Let's stop pretending like we do. Amen? Amen.